on to worship God in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And how has the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit within my bosom gotten my attention this morning? I asked Brother Phil what he would like for me to read this morning to open the service, and he said, from the Word of God. So uh, I just have a couple of verses that really inspired me this morning. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to Psalms 24. I'd like for you to think about those questions that you have asked yourself this morning. Psalms 24. Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. And I think I'll quit right there with those two verses for right now. This morning, I got up, I looked out the window, the sun was coming up. Shining through the ice on the tree limbs around our property. And not only did I see the beauty of the sun glistening through the ice, but from the position I was in looking out, I could see all the colors of the prism of the rainbow. The promise and the glory of God. And as I sat there, my mind went to just a few days ago, another morning. And I stood at the edge of the ocean. And I could look out there for miles and miles and miles. And all you could see was sea and water. And you could begin to see waves, maybe two, three feet high, coming in. But you know, as they got nearer to where I stood, they got gentle. And they stopped before they got to me and they returned out into the sea. The promise and the glory and the beauty of God. And I've come to this conclusion in my lifetime. Where can I go in creation and not have my mind called to God? Well, as we stood there at the edge of the ocean, we want to think about this verse now. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. We stood there, there were thousands and thousands of people, at least in a couple of those places. And you know, I'm not a judge of people in their hearts, but it just would appear to me that there were probably a lot of those people that did not know they were the Lord's by creation. They saw those things, but and uh, the Bible does teach us that they are going to be without excuse from the things that they see. But I wondered as I stood there, being called to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, how 
would I share him and his kingdom with the people that I meet? You know, uh, maybe some of us don't feel like that we're very well at sharing scripture, and we probably don't have a whole handful of tracts to pass out everywhere we go. So how will I consistently share the Lord with everyone I meet? You know what Jesus told us? He said, and this is something that's consistent with every believer anywhere they go in any circumstance. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. That will be a consistent witness anywhere I go to all men. But how will I achieve that? You know, he instructs me just before that verse with this instruction. He says, the way and the only way that you will be able to share love one to another for men to see that you are my disciples, if you have first experienced that I love you. He said, unless, and I'm putting this in my own words, unless you are willing to give your life a full surrender to my love for you, you won't be able to share it with anyone else. Pretty simple but not so easy. I'd just like for us to remember that. That's our witness to the world, and there's a lot of opportunity to share with words and other ways, but that's a consistent witness wherever we are in any circumstance that we have love one to another. So uh, we're going to take prayer requests and praise reports this morning. And Brother Ryan, I'm going to have, call on you to do the praying for us this morning and lead us in the prayer. So uh, we'll take prayer requests this morning. What's on your heart? Um, I've got a question. I see the flags are half staff. I don't know, I don't know what's happening. Does anybody know? Why are the flags half staff? Anyway, it would be really important to remember those people in the re Ukraine this morning, I think. Go ahead. Brother. Remember Kurt's father, okay? Brother Mark Andrews has had eye surgery and he's face down for two weeks. Cannot move. Mark Andrews. Remember the Christians in Russia. Let's remember the Christians all over the world. Yeah, Brother Don. Remember Mary Jane Swihart's family. She's passed. Got Quinter. Mm -hmm. Yes, Brother. I just want to say thanks to everybody for praying 
Praise report from Brother Rod Long for his surgery and his healing and those who have supported him through all that. Yes. Let's remember to pray for our children in the public schools to be able to battle against the uh, Satan coming into the schools through the program. What did you say the name of the program is again? The Christian program is LifeWise. Christian program is LifeWise, but it, it also has a counterfeit. Let's remember that. Yes. Okay, let's remember Jim Myers and his health condition and his family. Yes, Brother Stevens. Yes. Pray for the lost. Time is short that, that those who do not know Jesus will be saved. Amen. Brother Ryan, would you lead us in prayer? phase of their life. Really, we are 
Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. something else, the times we live in. Russia is moving against Ukraine. Russia is making new alliances with China. China is getting ready to overtake Taiwan. Iran, which is called Persia in the scripture, is on the verge of a nuclear bomb. Canada to the north. What I'm going to talk about today and some of the other things are no longer allowed and pastors are at risk of being imprisoned. I don't know if it's midnight or if it's 11 o'clock. But I do believe it's time for the church to be awake, to be alive. I started out this week studying prophetic things, and I, I really don't claim to be a prophet at all. Love the word, love people. But prophecy is approximately a fourth to a third of all scripture and it is the one thing that says is that blessed is he that readeth and understandeth. I don't know why we don't talk on it more. Good morning. <laughs> it really is good to see you. It's such a privilege to be together under the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can you imagine anything more wonderful than the God that created us says, I will be there if you'll gather in my name. Thank you, Jesus. 
for being here. Well, as frequently happens, you end up, you begin to study and you begin to pray. And personal study is one thing, preaching is, a, is another. And end up not at all where I intended. Turn your Bibles. I want to read two verses, and these are not the main verses today, but I, I want to lay a little groundwork and turn your Bible to Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. i got to tell you, I almost always preach out of the King James, and I don't know why today I just grabbed my i got several Bibles at home, and I, I grabbed my new King James, so that's what I'm going to be reading out of today. I didn't do it intentionally, but uh, I really do prefer the new King James anyway. So, Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. You know what that verse says? It says that if we understood the beginning, we would get a vision of the end. It's amazing. Do you know why we do not understand and why the world does not understand what's happening? They don't believe the book of Genesis. It's that simple. So this morning, thinking about somewhat of a prophetic message, we're going to spend by far the majority of our time in Genesis 1 and Genesis 3. So turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis And as we look here, it's going to give us a vision of what is happening today. Amazing. I never saw this before. I wonder how many times I say that. If there's a title, if I had to put a title in this message, it would be God's Promises Made, Promises Kept. God's promises made, promises kept. We're going to begin in the 26th verse of this first chapter. And we're going to see what God promised on the human family. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. If you are into dispensation, what I just read to you is called the dispensation of innocence. 
It's before the fall. There are three things that God promised here I want you to see this morning because we're going to refer back to them later. The first one is, and you said that I will bless you and that you are made in my image. All the marvelous creation, and Brother Gale started this morning with the beauty of the earth and the glory of God, and we say amen. Do you know what's blessed above all of that? It's what you see sitting in these chairs. It's the child in your arms. They are made in the image of God. God promised that not to anything else. You are a blessing just because you are a homo sapiens created by God. Nothing like you. Nothing like every human being that walks on the earth. God said, I will bless you and we're created above all creation. The second thing we see here is that he said, be fruitful and multiply. The second thing is seed. I don't know about you. Um, a lot of you know I'm, I've been in the hog business all my life. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pigs. I still stand and marvel when I see a baby pig. There's just something about it. I wonder how many kittens you've seen in your life. And there's just there's something about a kitten when it's born. But there is nothing like a little baby. Nothing like it. Made in the image of God. And if it's yours, it's your blood. You hold that child. What a blessing from God. And remember, this is before the fall. Can you imagine what that would have been like? We men don't really understand the pain that you women go through in childbirth. We, you know, we just don't. Hallelujah. <laughs> but just imagine Mary Ellen call Shirley and say, wow, Phil and I had Cody this morning. It was such a delight. There was no pain. There was nothing that hurt. It was just blessing upon blessing. Oh, that's what God designed it for. He said, be fruitful and multiply. You are blessed. You're made in my image. Well, third thing is dominion or land. He said land and sea and air. And you're to have dominion over everything. And again, let's go back before there was ever the fall. And I want you to think about what that means. Well, <clears throat> Johnny's out playing with the dinosaurs today and Sarah's over here playing with the lions. There's no sin. There's no violence. Man. God says, you are created in my image. You are special. You will multiply that specialty and you will have dominion over everything because you're made in the image of God. I get really, really frustrated at the core 
when I watch so much of the political stuff and the racial stuff and everything, and I think if they would just understand what Genesis says to them. If we are a human being, we are an amazing creation of God. What a blessing. Three things. We are blessed, we are special, we are to multiply, and we are made to have dominion over everything. I wonder what it would have been like to have dominion over the whales before the fall. I don't know. I don't know. Well, something happened. And Papa Adam and Mama Eve kind of blew it. What a change. What a disappointment. Let's go to the third chapter of Genesis and see what God said about the fall. And you know the story. I'm not going to take the time this morning to talk about the actual fall that the serpent went in and Adam and Eve ate what they weren't supposed to. Fell out with God and we've felt that pain ever since. I want to pick it up in the 14th verse of the third chapter and this is what it said. So God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I want to stop there. I was, I don't know, I'm going to guess I was eight years old. And our family with my grandma and grandpa were taking an afternoon drive. I think it was a Sunday afternoon after services. And we were in the foothills of California. And as we rounded a bend, there was a rattlesnake that came out. My dad stopped the car. And my dad and my grandpa both got tree limbs as far as they could find, and they harassed that snake, attempting to kill it, and they, and they got it underneath a rock. You could see the snake underneath a rock, and he was one hot snake. He was angry, and he would, you know, he'd lash out. They were trying to kill him, and all they had was these limbs. And a man stopped with a pistol and killed that snake. But he was one angry snake. And so when I think about Satan being a serpent, that's what I think about. I think about that old snake. He wanted to kill. And ever since the fall, even the domesticated animals have a degree of danger. Have you ever noticed that? You ever noticed the cowboys that have to break the horses? I have loaded many, many pigs. And I'm going to tell you something, a 280-pound pig can be a very painful thing. I know what I'm talking about. You do too, don't you, John? <laughs> and it is amazing. All that has changed. So from then on, the whole nature has the potential for violence. What do you think God did? 
Seemed like about that time, I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to cut you all off. It's over. We're going to start this thing over. I, I, it's no, we're not going to go on. And you know, because, and, but now, you know what he does? He leaves the violence there because of the fall. But you know what? Man still has dominion. You ever think about that? The promise that God made back in the garden, even after the fall, he keeps his promise and man still has dominion. That's the reason they can go out and get those old whales. That's the reason they can control the lions. Because God kept his promise. Hallelujah. And if you want to know what prophecy is, it is seeing that God has kept his promise, therefore he will in the future. That's the sum of the whole thing right there. <coughs> but then he reads, let's read on uh, this uh, 15th verse. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. There's something that's really, really interesting here. It says the seed of a woman. That isn't the way it works. Man has the seed, woman has the egg. But he says the seed of the woman. God is making a statement here that is either absolutely true or it's completely false. And what he's talking about is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the miraculous conception and birth through Mary. This is an amazing thing, and he's saying this ahead of time. And this is because of the fall. There is going to be a blessing that was intended in the beginning that's going to be renewed by the seed of a woman. Think about that. That's impossible, but not with God. Let's read on verse 16. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree from which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, the dust for you are, and to dust you shall return. That's the reason, you women, when you bear those children, those beautiful children that God has still blessed you with, He's still blessing you with a seed, He's still blessing with to replenish the earth, He still is, but there's pain. It's miserable. A bunch of us guys were talking the other day, and we got to telling stories about our wives when they had the children. We all had the same story. When the child was in the process of being born, they didn't ever want to have any more children. It was too painful. But joy come in the morning, and they changed their mind. Isn't that amazing? So God said, because of that curse, there's going to be pain. It talks about here. It talks about work, sweat of your brow. It talks about the weeds that's going to grow. And anyone that's had a garden, let alone a farmer, knows what that's like. We had about 80 acres two years ago that we really got messed up on, on our weed killer. It cost our yield 30 to 40 bushel an acre on that, field, that farm. Weeds are a very re reality, and they come from the fall. 
And yet, and yet God has given us dominion over the fields and over all the crop. The blessing is still there. God kept his promise even after we fall. Hallelujah. People say, well, if God is love, he would do da 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 da. Hey, look around. We are blessed. God loves us in spite of our sin, in spite of our failure. What a blessing. What an awesome thing. Some people tell you the passage I just read is the first prophecy in the Bible. And probably that is an accurate statement. Um, there's a lesson I want to get before I move on here. And I want you to think about this because it's so simple. And I know you know it, and, and yet I, I, I need to be reminded. Adam and Eve chose selfishly, they chose ungodly, and they chose poorly. And guess what? Bad stuff happened. There is a fundamental thing that is here that we need to understand. If we choose poorly, if we choose to do wickedly, if we choose to do what is wrong, there will be a consequence. It's still here. <coughs> it's part of the sin curse. I am so thankful that every one of my missteps, failures, sins, iniquities, whatever they are, if every one of them, they have been removed from me as far as the east is from the west and they have been cast in the sea of Christ's blood and they are no more. Hallelujah! God is merciful. He is loving. He is patient. He is kind. Well, where I really want to go today is in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis. And by the way, I want to leave a little bit of time to talk about some of the current situation just a little bit today in the Middle East. Now remember the first, the three things that God promised. He promised that we would be blessed, that we would multiply, and that we would have dominion or land. And the fall should have destroyed that. But the question is, is that ever going to come back? Is there a time that the blessing and the multiplication and the dominion on the earth is going to be available for you and I? So let's read here in our Genesis 12th chapter, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him, those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When he came to Adam, Adam was told to bless and multiply the whole earth. And he blew it. He comes to Abraham. Now, I don't even know if Abraham had knew God before this. I, we really don't know. It doesn't say. 
But God comes to Abraham and he said, you, you go move over here. And Abraham said, I don't know where I'm going. And he said, that's all right, you just do what I tell you. And he goes over there and he gives him a little tiny sliver of land. And I don't know how many of you pulled up a map. If the map isn't pretty good size, it's hard to find Israel. It's a dinky little thing. And so he's going to give him that little sliver of land. And amazingly, that little sliver of land is going to be a blessing to everybody worldwide. This is, this is really, and there's three things that he does for Abraham. I want you to see these three things because they correspond with the three we found in the book of Genesis. First of all, he said, I will bless you. Uh, third verse, I will bless those who bless you. Isn't that something? That's what he promised in the first. You will be a blessing. And he says to Abraham, I will bless you. This is after the curse. And I will curse those who curse you. Let's stop there, right there. Is the United States of America, where we live, and all, all the freedoms, man, it's been good to God's people. It has, it still is. Wonderful. Is it because of our form of government? Is it because our military has been the biggest in the world and the most, um, always on the cutting edge? I'm going to tell you, we read why the United States of America has been blessed and still is blessed. Because this nation has stood with the Jewish people. In fact, if you used to ask me, I would tell you that's what World War II was all about. It's because God says, I will bless them that bless you. And the United States has totally supported it. And it's still here today. It wasn't very long ago that they moved the capital to Jerusalem with the blessings of the United States. Amazing. If you, if you want to watch, you know, we get all worked up about all the, the taxes and all the stuff that's going on. Keep your eye on Israel. If I was to tell you what worries me right now, it's that we have a government I'm not too sure is really behind Israel. That, that frightens me a little bit. It shouldn't. God knows what he's doing. But that's the key. And we've got to be careful with that. And then he says, um, and he's telling Abraham, you know, that he's going to have, his seed is going to cover the earth and the whole thing. Have you noticed something? Remember, Abraham here is, I don't know, what is he? Close to 100 and Sarah's 90, I think, something like that. I've noticed that old people don't have babies. Just don't happen. The one thing, the one thing about the prophecies of God is miracles are just commonplace. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. So he comes to them, he comes to this old couple, and he says, you're going to have a child, and this child is going to be a blessing to the whole world. And actually, if we'd read on there's places, we could read where the Redeemer is going to come out of that blessing. Wow. So we see already the blessing and the seed. And then he talks about a land he's going to send him to, and I already talked about that little silver ground. So what we have here is a blessing to Abraham. It's called the Abrahamic Covenant. We just read it to you. 
And it's one of the greatest covenants. It is still in force today. It's still here. It's still going on. And there are three things. There are blessings. There are seed. And there is dominion or land. Who said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's to the Jewish people. That's to Israel. I'm not a, I'm not a Jew. Not me. I'm a Gentile. I'm Irish. I'm German. I'm Italian. I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. I'm a Gentile. So, look at Galatians 3 with me, please. Galatians 3. I'll begin reading at the sixth verse. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, And you, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with saving Abraham. Do you know that when you come to Jesus Christ by faith and you commit your life to him and he is absolutely Lord, all the promises in the Abrahamic covenant still stand. Hallelujah. Look at this um, 26th verse of Galatians 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. 29th verse. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, that sounds to me like when I come to the Lord, everything that was promised in the Garden of Eden is going to be available to me, to you, to everyone. Do we have a wonderful God? Does he keep his promises? Isn't this the essence of prophecy? That God says and then it happens? Hallelujah. One more verse I, I want to read. We're really out of time. This is Romans 16th chapter. One verse. And God and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. <laughs> that old snake's going to be crushed forever. Who's it to? It's to the sons and daughters of Abraham by faith. There is going to be victory over evil. And God has promised it. Do we believe it? Do we trust him? Can we see what he's already done? Makes it worthy of believing it. Yet today. Well, I'm going to uh, talk just a little bit about some current things and then I'll have a prayer and then I'm going to ask for testimonies from men's retreat.
have a hymn and dismiss. I appreciate my background. I appreciate the way I was raised. I had wonderful parents. And so what I'm going to say now, I don't want you to take it in the wrong way. In my opinion, we had a major flaw. And it was simply this. I do not remember hearing testimonies of God's people bearing testimony that what the Lord had done. And the reason that is important for our children to hear the testimony of what the Lord has done in our life, then they will know because God has brought us through or you through or your grandparents through or whatever your situation is, they're going to know that when they read, of God, they read the word of God that that same God is going to bring them through. We need to have testimonies and I'm, I'm, I'm admonishing right now. You parents with children, grandchildren, do not miss the opportunity to give the testimony of your life that Jesus has brought you through. Everyone here has gone through trouble. And you're going to go through more. And how are they going to know? The devil's going to tell them he doesn't even exist. It's not even real. It's not scientific. On and on. It's all a lie. They must hear it from us. That our God will deliver us through. And the reason I know that is because XYZ 20 years ago. Whatever. Testify. Now just a, just a little bit about where we are. And again, I'm... Uh, <laughs> You knew how small I feel talking about this. There's one thing that makes me think. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote, and he said, um, that we which are alive and remain. So he expected to be here when the Lord came again. He missed it by at least 2,000 years. So if the Apostle Paul is great as he was, maybe I might not quite have some things right either. <laughs> anyway, so... One of the things I look at is we are roughly 6,000 years of recorded history. And frequently the Lord speaks of time as a week. In fact, there's a lot of sevens used in the scripture. I don't know how much emphasis to put on that. But if you say we've come roughly 6,000 years and we know there's a thousand year rain coming, the millennial reign of Christ, then we've got 7,000 years. And so that's one of the reasons that I, I kind of tend to think we're, we're at the end. I don't know that, but that's one of them. But there's some other things that are happening right now. We could go to Ezekiel 38, and we don't have the time this morning, but in Ezekiel 38, it talks about Gog and Magog, and, and he talks about the powers of the north, which I take to be Gog and Magog, and it is generally concluded by most scholars that that is Russia. That is, um, Gog would be the, the ruler or the leader, and Magog would be um, the country. And it talks about Gog and Magog getting a, um, uh, 
an alliance with Persia, which today is Iran. And the thing that's interesting, there's some other countries in there, I'm cutting this way short. The thing that's interesting is, is that right now, Russia and Iran have a treaty. And it fits. And then it goes on and it talks about, um, a lot of people say, well, what, what's he doing in Ukraine? I, I don't know for sure, but it says that apparently after Gog starts to move, the Lord puts a hook in his nose and he takes him down to Israel. And it says, on that, while he's doing that, he says, you're going to have an evil thought. And you're going to try to go down to Israel. So apparently when Gog starts that war in the end, he does not know, or he doesn't necessarily intend to go down and take Israel. But God's going to put that thought in him. So when I see a man like we see right now trying to take um, Ukraine and trying to get a coalition and bringing China in, the powers of the East and so forth, it makes me wonder, is this the prelude? We're not in a tribulation yet, we're not. But is this the prelude to it all? Are the, are, the, are the stars, if you will, I shouldn't even use that term, are we lining up? All the nations lining up. There's another thing that's there that I find really, really interesting. I remember my dad talking about, he wondered who Dedan and Sheba were, and it talks about the young lions, and he said, well, a lion is a symbol of England, and we came out of the English Empire, and maybe we're the young lion. Maybe the United States is a young lion. They're saying now today, those that have studied these things, they're saying that um, Sheba and Dedan is really the territory of Saudi Arabia. And they are going to be a power, Sheba and Dedan, that is going to object to Gog and Magog coming down. And the thing that's interesting is, within the last, I don't know, I should have looked it up, I'm going to say four years, Israel has signed a treaty with Saudi Arabia. They are trading, they never did before, a Muslim country and a Jewish country. And they've got trades, they have air, air flights that are going back and forth between them, they have diplomatic um, relations. I don't know. Again, are the nations lining up for the final? Maybe. Here's what I want to say to you. It's very important. Don't misunderstand what I'm going to say, but it doesn't make any difference. What happens in Ukraine better not change who I am in the Lord and what I'm doing for his name. Now, if he calls me to go to Ukraine or something, okay, that's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we really believe, if we really believe that we are at the end, we better be on fire for God and reaching out to every soul we can touch with everything we've got. We got nothing to lose and they got everything to lose. And it depends on us. Be faithful to him. When God makes a promise, God keeps that promise. What a, what a marvelous, patient, loving, forgiving Lord we have. And the time is going to come when this Abrahamic covenant is going to be fulfilled. 
And there is going to be peace on this earth again. And it's going to be beautiful. And it says the saints of God will rule and reign with him. I don't even know what that means. I believe it. What a blessing. Let's not waste our time, brother and sister. We are so blessed. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh, dear Lord, you know your, your servant has labored this morning. And except you build the house, except you bless the fellowship, unless your spirit have full control, Lord, it's just words. We just pray that you would touch every family that's here. You'd bless every child. That you would re-inspire every parent, every grandparent. That you would lift every saint up with encouragement from the Holy Spirit within them. That they would go forth this day more motivated than ever before to extol your great and holy name. Lord, if there's someone here that maybe we would say they're really a good person, but they've never named your name, and they are in grave danger. We pray for them, Lord. We ask what was already been prayed this day that you would not leave them be, but you would call them, and they won't just walk out of this place and the feeling will go away. But you'd draw them with a mighty drawing that would not let them sleep or rest until they bow the knee to you and exalt your great and holy name. We thank you for everyone that's here. We pray for our visitors, Lord. What a privilege to have people come in that normally aren't worshiping with us. They're worshiping somewhere else. And we ask that you'd not only bless them for being here, you would bless them for where they normally worship. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray that in the midst of all of the Midwest, Mideast trouble that looks like, and you know very well when and how, but it sure looks like they could move against your people Israel. Lord, that there would be a great awakening there and that by faith they would really not only become biological, but by faith become children and daughters of Abraham. We pray for this nation. We pray for those, Lord, who are fighting boldly and strong with all the, everything they have to uphold your truths. Some are mocked, some are put down. Some are paying with it financially. Some are paying with it in embarrassment. Some are paying with it with broken families. Lord, lift them up that your name would be praised in our day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to give time for those who went to men's retreat who would like to share. Hmm. That's not been any good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Stand up. Speak up. Maybe I don't want to stand up. Well, I just wanted to use the authority to tell you to do it. <laughs>
Lonnie sharing his story with Carson and their families. To Laura Tom Harmon, I couldn't get enough. Stand here and talk for several hours. And I'm, that's no joke. I really could. And I don't like speaking in front of a crowd. I never have one. I will. Unless there's a huge change in life, that's how I don't see that coming anytime soon. But the power of a testimony came so real to me this weekend. The stuff that Kurt was saying blew me away. The stuff that Lonnie said it's impossible. Tom was telling us his whole, all his speeches were his testimony, really. The testimony, of, okay, so Tom, to me it seemed like he had a whole Bible memorized, and that's the thing. He didn't, but it was close. He has Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Peter, 1 John, Romans. I, the list goes on and on. He literally has in his mind memorized. And these scriptures come to his mind. And this is just part of his testament. He was a state highway patrolman in, in Michigan. You know, a guy that goes from shooting people for a job. Well, that's a little exaggeration maybe. But, but that's his job. He goes from that to preaching for 31 years. Does he have a testimony? Yeah. Is mine that dramatic? Yeah. Probably not, but yes it is. It's just different. So the power of testimony just... I don't know, it just blew me away. Another thing, I don't know if you have to stop, but I can take it. But another thing I learned is Tom, in his speaking, he had me laughing in stitches the whole time. I mean, I had tears rolling from laughter, and the next moment I had tears rolling from you know, being challenged by the Spirit. The dude was hilarious. I mean, I, I love it. I couldn't get enough after his... I don't know how long his talks were. They weren't long enough. Because I kept wanting more. But it wasn't because of his humor. It was because of his truth. He'd go off on this rabbit trail tangent and bring it right, and you're just laughing with stitches and bring it right back around. He's serious as all get out. And he's got a point. And he's starting to present the word, and you see it in a way you've never seen it before. We need that here. Spirit to work within your own parameters because it won't happen. The Spirit works outside of where you think it's possible. That's what I believe. The Spirit shows us the impossible, not what we think should happen.
I'll just add to what Ryan's saying. Um, I agree with it. The guest speaker was Tom Harmon. I've never been to a men's retreat before. This was my first one, so that was kind of interesting. As I understand it, that's not typical. That it would be one man that would speak the entire time. <clears throat> he said he was an itinerant preacher for 31 years. Itinerant means that he travels from place to place. And for 31 years, he wasn't. Um, he didn't have a denominational tag, he said. But the reason he's retired now from that, the reason he came to speak to us is when somebody called him and told him we were Dunkard Brethren, that was fascinating to him because he had never spoke to Dunkard Brethren before. So he prayed about it for a week and he said, yeah, I want to come speak to you guys. Um, he was really kind to us. He said he could tell we were men that loved Jesus. And he was, he, was, uh, he was intense and funny, just like Ryan said. He laid it out really well. I want to talk about what Kurt said, though. <clears throat> Kurt gave his testimony there, and uh, it, it was moving. And I just told Kurt this morning, we went up there. It was a men's meeting, and all the men that spoke, I'm pretty sure Lonnie even did it too, they talked about how great their wives were. Kurt told us that Arlene was a great woman, and he told about the struggles that they went through. And he said, I don't want you to think about my wife as, as somebody less than. She's great. And then at the question and answer session, the first person asked a question said, I know Arlene, and I know she's smart. I know she's well-read. So that was a men's meeting for you. We were all up there bragging on you. And uh, the man won't be near as good without his wife. Well, um, there's been quite a bit of discussion in this congregation of when, the, when we should sing the last hymn because there's a continuity that we hate to lose and so forth. So I'm just going to ask our chorister to present a hymn and let's, let's sing it in the power of the Spirit. Our Lord is worthy. He really is. Let's sing to him and then you are dismissed. Standing on the promises of Christ. 